1: Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another outstanding, amazing, Whew. incredible sud segment.
0: I think that was one adjective too many.
2: I think that was like four. <laughs> you left out tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. Thank Stupendous. you. Stupendous.
1: Thank you, Reverend
2: Mark. Monumentous.
1: Hi. Hi. Hey there. You ready to mm. drink, belch, and repeat?
0: Ready to... Sure. In a belgian kind of way. Yeah. With three.
1: Oh, don't give it away. No, I'm not giving anything away. So, I am your hostess, GoodleGow, Juliana. With me today at the table is the OG crew. Oh. No, s- no sound effects? Mr. Oh, yeah, about
0: it's like a creaking you
3: know board or some I kind I don't know like uh,
1: something uh. really um, um okay.
3: you got you got crickets <laughs> there you go that is the bright sound
0: effect for us that is correct <laughs>
1: So, with me today at the table is good old boy Dave, Mr. Sound I'm the dude. Sound So, that's what you call me,
2: you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Just not duty.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Doo-doo. <Dude. laughs>
0: <laughs> One white Russian, table six. Yes, yes. correct. Yeah. Right. It's because the rug ties the room together. That's the reason why it works for you, Dave. There you go. That's it.
1: That's it. Reverend Mark. It's so good to be here.
2: (laughs) 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 So good to be anywhere. Sounds like (laughs) he was straining.
3: I know. I know. No, it's good to be here and now. Uh, Here and now. Here and now.
1: And El Jefe.
3: So... The thing is,
0: is that since Canadians have been, you know, unlawfully protesting the fact that I continue to do this show, I like the fact that we're on banned once again a large number of Canadian radio stations now. So
2: I like that. It's like the ultimate sarcastic humor. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) Correct.
2: It's in your face, Canada. You take what we give you. Please get a national sport that you're good at. (laughs) <laughs> really yeah really really. <laughs> dressing in denim I mean,
1: I didn't say pretty those people
0: in Chicago should get a real sport I said the well, people in Canada
2: should people in Chicago
1: they should get a real life they invented the real sport
2: <laughs> well, yeah and then everybody else got well, better at owned it, it. <laughs> called Murica Murica right.
1: I beg to differ really I beg to differ
0: yeah, how many years has the Stanley Cup been won by the Canadian uh, NHL teams? Like three.
1: No, more so than three. What, what sport
2: was that again? Was it curling? Yeah,
1: there oh. we
2: go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Pairs, figure skating. <laughs>
1: okay, you're both banned. You're all banned.
0: Like uh, God. M- milking cows or, yeah. you know.
1: Let me go get you my hockey stick. Okay. okay. <laughs> let me let me just get the there hockey stick. Go. Okay. Reeling really went back in. Yeah. So we do different kinds of suds segments and brewery takeovers. Mostly poor. And style shows and blind tastings and price point shows and questionable decision shows and things like that.
0: That's for
2: sure. Aren't they all questionable decisions?
1: Well, with <laughs> who, who I work cre- with, yeah. It's a part of but- our
0: creative process. <laughs> that looks that sounds kind of questionable. Yeah. <laughs> let, We're
2: in. Let's let Dave pick a show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, well.
2: That Dave's a real... Dork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm Dave. Never mind. <laughs> I'm great.
1: But sometimes... When we're out beer shopping, we just find a really cool, like, mix six-pack or multi-pack, and we have to get the good old boys over here to talk about it. So the good old boys are here.
2: We got the oldest of the mm. good old boys. Yeah.
1: So recently, good old boy Dave and I picked up a set of Belgian specialty ales from Petrus, one of the brands brewed by D de Brabond, (laughs) Brabond, Brabondier Brewery in Bravicove, Belgium. Bravicove. Belgium.
2: Baba Ganoush.
1: (laughs) Please forgive me. We'll find out more about them in just a minute. But first, this Sud segment is brought to you by...
2: Are you lonely? Have you tried meeting people who interest you, but you just can't find any? Have all the dating apps let you down? Maybe you need Imaginary Friend. It's the new social app that lets you avoid real relationships. No chance of being disappointed because it's all in your head. That's Imaginary Friend. Available for download absolutely nowhere.
1: A few years ago, at the Beer Now conference, good old boy Dave, good old boy Kendall, and I took a part in a blending demonstration with one of the master brewers, Yves,
2: Yves Benoit. Benoit.
1: Benoit. 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 <laughs> Benoit. They actually made a sour power pack that contains bottles of their age pale, age red, and oud brune that you well, can blend yourself.
2: It, well, they also call it the rude brune now.
1: Oh, really?
2: They do. Okay. It's on their website. Okay. I will look it up right here in front of you. <laughs>
1: and it was a lot of fun and the beers were delicious and you were able to just you know experiment it was like being a master blender except
2: we weren't very good at it um but petrus makes a lot (laughs) of beers (laughs) but petrus makes a lot of beers and we've got Six that we are really excited about As soon as Dave finds his
1: That's piece of paper. right <laughs> Yeah As Who soon as this? we focus yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> Who wrote
2: this? I was so enraptured <laughs> by what you were saying
0: the timing is just so stellar, impeccable. Way it's to impeccable. go! Get radio number right. one again, Dave.
1: Hey, little boy, <laughs> Dave. You want to talk about today's flight?
0: Not
2: really, because you guys are jerks.
0: <laughs> yep, I got seventeen fifty. Is going to screw up one of
2: these. The petrol Belgian specialty ales we'll be tasting and discussing today are the Oud Brune. Mm. also known as pretty the pretty good, also known as the Rude Brune uh the golden triple the double brune the uh, special <laughs> the blonde and the aged red
1: is that Modelo? <laughs> yep
0: yes. so we are laughing because Dave had so many typos in that list. First off, how he typed "golden" G O U D E. Okay, look at the how bottle. Could, how could look you, at the bottle,
2: Jack Wagon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look I, at it. Gooden. It's like yeah. guten Dank, which so. is Dutch for golden. So bite me. All right. So okay, right. what's the next one? Uh,
0: special.
2: Yeah. What's it the, the set on the bottle? On the bottle. Uh, let's see here.
0: I A L E. Yep. So yeah, okay. that one was not even close. So oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, dude. Yeah.
2: Save yourself.
0: Spikele is how he spelled it. All yeah. Right.
3: It's C before E.
2: Right.
1: Except after D. Or if you're I'm in sorry. Canada <laughs> and then you just say, screw it. <laughs>
0: you know
3: what? You're all number one.
1: Oh, why
2: is everybody
1: picking on me? <laughs> <laughs> all right well you thank you
2: terrible co-host thank really? you you're tremendous yeah. thank you yeah, well that's what mm, mm.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah reverend mark <laughs> would you mind giving us the ratings for this suds episode and read them like
3: a disgruntled yeah, belgian and can, and can we really score this score them this low is there a minus <laughs> zero category <laughs> <over> here <laughs> Damn. just kidding just kidding okay These SUDS ratings are as follows. We will be discussing and fussing about these these ratings. (laughs) (laughs) And the beers that go
1: with the ratings. And
3: along with the ratings go our signature belching and other artificial sounds. (laughs) Here they are. Number one. Man, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Or a mic. Ooh, ooh. Okay, number two was that a belch or a mic? <laughs> number three, ah, what a relief! It's not Mike. <laughs> <laughs> number four, you know a body really shouldn't make that kind of sound, except Mike. <laughs> and number five. Hey, man, listen to that hang time. Give me another thing that's not Mike.
1: Thank you, Reverend Mark. You are And for great. those just tuning in, yes. this is uh, Mean Boys Take One. <laughs>
2: Dave versus Mike, episode 3,000. <laughs>
1: Oh boy! All right, let's get to the beers. Let's I have a just, weapon, though. See, <laughs>
0: oh. so he
2: gave me the screwdriver earlier,
0: so yes. you know I can't stab him with a you know, flat con- blade.
2: Considering this beer flight, I wish I had a screwdriver yeah, right. right now. I'm okay. feeling screwed.
1: Okay, okay, come on, ladies, ladies. Okay, so wow. we have got six beers here. Um, is that true? Yep that that is. Yeah, that is. Is true. that
0: using Canadian math? <laughs>
1: Belgian math. Belgian math. Belgian math, right? right. Belgian beers, Belgian Mm -hmm. math. How many frites
2: would we have if we...
1: I think with today's flight, there would be many frites. Mm. Many frites.
2: And some mussels.
1: Some mussels, Sure. What sure. else would go with these beers today?
0: Yeah, I'll order mm-hmm. another beer. I think that's probably what would go with this. Yeah, a vest. different beer. Yeah, I think be. a little
3: gargonzola would go with some of this. Ooh. So we wouldn't because Mike's jokes are so cheesy, and
2: I know that Dave would misspell gargonzola. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Whoa. We're going to be back with the beer in just a minute. Mike minutes. gave himself
2: a standing ovation. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everyone. So, for those of you just tuning in, hi, welcome. What took you so long?
0: I like the people that Why are come you still back of their own free will, you know? Doll eight and a half of those people <laughs> that said, sure, eight and I'll a half. listen to the rest, yeah.
1: Okay, well, I promise it's going to get better, because now we're going to get into the beer. Those hmm. are the
2: same people that cut their own arms like... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: So we are doing a mixed pack takeover from Petrus.
2: Which I think we should talk really quick about mixed packs. They can be a great thing. Like if you want to get to know a brewery, you want to understand like some of their beers without buying, you know, a bunch of six packs of different beers, buy a mix pack. That way you get, get to taste it. Yeah, but with like anything else, you might run into something that has sat in a store for many, many years or months, or not been stored appropriately, or different things.
3: Mm. Yes, a mix pack runs that risk because not everybody wants to buy six different beers in one package. So, yeah, it sits around a lot longer. Which is weird to
2: me because, like, I'm more about trying a lot of different beers, but some people, they know, like, I like this one beer from a brewery, so I'm going to just keep buying it over and over and over. Whereas, like, I would probably want to try several different ones.
0: So, part of what I like about uh, this discussion we're having today is uh, talking a little bit about you know, the beer distribution uh, process that you know a lot of people may not be aware of and how this has some direct correlation, you know in the quality, you know of the beers that you have as well. So you may not know that um, you know, these beers actually moved from Belgium to the US through an importer and then that gets hand off to usually a regional distribution point and then that moves down into the state Retail. or the local yeah. you know retailers you know from that point so about four or five handoffs not unusual and one th- one of the things that's very true with most beers is they move around at ambient temperature they're not in a temperature controlled uh, right. environment um that does happen um and there are some beers Uh, where, you know, things are stored and made and transported around, you know, at temperature. But the vast majority of the beer moves around even at, you know, just uh, ambient temperature for whatever distribution point that it's moving around. The other thing that we were talking about is just the labeling itself, you know. And one of the conversations that we'll talk about today is, how long was that sitting on the shelf? Mm-hmm. And uh, the difference, at least in the U.S. market, is that uh, beers are not uh, don't have an expiration date on them, and a lot of them don't even have a born on date uh, on them. Um, the regulating authority for doing that is actually the TTB, which is about collecting tax from alcohol and not yeah. necessarily overseeing the quality. Uh, matching up with the beer which is
2: crazy that it's not the FDA or you know so
0: literally in the US you could have you know a beer that's labeled as a red ale and drop a blonde in it a blonde ale and as long as it was at the same ABV so if you got the label approved and it was 8% ABV and you said you know that was it if it says blonde and you dropped a red ale in there and it was still at 8% boom you're good to go
2: yeah, and it's crazy, man. Because um, I mean, beer is not like other alcohol, right? It's it's way more perishable than um, a lot you know, of things that get or, a you know,
0: expiration date. Yeah, that's right. that's right. actually managed by the FDA in the U.S. market. So that's that's part of uh, what you're going to hear come into our conversation is is some net effect that all of this distribution and regulation, and then you as a beer consumer, specifically, you know, how it's kind of impacting your experience. So um, let's rip in to talk yeah. about the Oud burn yeah. Let's do it.
1: Okay, so the first beer up for bids is the Petrus Oud Up forbid. bid. <laughs> I bid
0: minus five. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a blend of 33% Petrus aged pale, pure barrel aged beer that has been aged for two years in oak, and then 67% of a young brown beer. In this blend, the young dark contributes the reddish-brown color and the aged pale contributes the slightly sour flavor. Petrus Rubrune is a typical Flemish red ale as tradition dictates.
2: I so mm. a lot mm. of oud browns I've had are like jaw clenchers, right? Yes. Like they're very acidic um and as they get older they can kind of become more
0: Figgy and you know, raisin.
2: Yeah, you know this one's really kind of just kind of a watery. Yep. Yep. Little weird version but, of it.
3: But I would I would say also that old, old Bruins are a, a little less sour and puckering than like an Eastland. Uh, you know, like a like a Flanders, like an East Flanders. Sure. That is, there is a l- little bit more malt there too, and which is implied by the brown that is that it's blended with supposedly. But I go, you know, with. Dave and Mike, both, is that I think it's it's just thin. It's just this particular one is way, way too – the brown ale part of it is just not there.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is really falling off uh, the cliff. Um, and the only thing that's left is kind of this citrus sour, you know, kind of overtone, you know, to this. And uh, we've tasted this beer, you know, in a lot of other instances. And this beer is – maybe a third of what, you know, I would even describe it as. And, you know, part of what you'll hear is speculate is how long did that mix, uh, mix pack, you know, sit on the shelf, you know, I'm gonna yeah. lead in and say, it probably sat there a good 10 years, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even say.
1: I Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, to us, it's only been a few months old, but in the grand scheme of things, sure. It yeah, could have it could have yeah. been for a while.
2: And a lot of that comes down to individual retailers and their distributors on do they care about because you know, like once something's been ordered and paid for shipped and everything, and like I'm I'm gonna sell this damn thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if some dude from Nashville is dumb enough to come in here and buy this thing and, you know, check it out, knowing that Petrus is a great brand. You know, I think that's the thing too, is like we all know that Petrus makes phenomenal beers, but when they're mistreated or something, maybe they're they can't hold up.
3: Or what can you expect of a beer to do to hold up over uh, however many just, years, or in in just the logistics that's that's implied by bringing products all the way over from Belgium and not moving them quickly? Because that's a lot of that's a lot of miles and a lot of
2: movement.
0: Yeah, I I would go to. So far to say, this mix six pack was a failure in merchandising, so yeah, this is just you know, as Dave was kind of moving down through that point of uh uh thought process and discussion is the distributor sold it, you know the retailer bought it, they stuck it on a shelf as far as they're concerned, their job was done, yeah, and at least in this particular market where this was purchased, you know beer and liquor and is sold, you know, in the same, you know, side by side. And then that changes in different markets, you know, and some some beers like this are sold in a in a grocery store setting where, you know, that aspect of merchandising is actually responsibility of the distributor, you know, and they want to look at, you know, having, you know, fresh or, you know, um, products that will actually move and sell that moves back on the responsibility of the distributor, not of the retailer so sure i really think this is uh our i think as you hear us walk through this discussion of this mixed six-pack i think this is a flat-out failure of effective merchandising they just simply didn't recognize they had a spent product on the shelf
1: and then I got a weird question for you. So, back in the day when Petrus started distributing here to the United States, there weren't as many breweries here in the United Ex- States exactly. as That's there are true, now. yeah. So,
3: That's
1: when right. they were sitting on the shelf, they were probably moving a lot faster <laughs> yes. because when I, many thousands of years ago, started drinking beer, I remember being really jazzed about this because, hey, it was fancy because it was coming from overseas and it wasn't rolling rock. And... I had a fair share of this just based on, hey, I'm doing something that's culturally great for me and my belly. But there weren't any other options. Now there are a lot of local options that are very similar that want to take this approach. And then also now in this current environment that we're in where distribution is being lax because it's sitting at the docks longer because it's waiting for certain regulations, which, I mean, are all changing. I'm just wondering if, Six packs are even going to go away, you know, in favor of like singles because the singles will move faster than, you know, six packs. Yeah. Any well, thoughts?
2: We've, we've seen that, too, even with like bombers going away. You know, like the, the bigger. Very true. Um, the bigger uh, size containers are being replaced by, you know, like 500 mils or 375s. Um, partly because the, the breweries, you know, can, can package them a little better, but also a lot of beers, people aren't buying the bigger formats just because they want to drink a beer now. They just want to drink it and and be done with it. It's not necessarily, I'm going to take it to a party and share it with. Five or six people. I'm just going to drink this thing.
3: And I'd say it also represents, uh, you know, not just the coming of age; they've come of age, but uh, they're maturing and liking really good beer. Is the millennia- millennials, and and that there is a, there is just a desire environmentally for smaller packaging. Yeah, you know, and so and not investing in a big bomber. And so that's... well, I think
2: cans too.
3: Yeah, you know, exactly. I think
2: more more and more things are going to be in cans because you don't have the. Things getting light struck, you know, there's a little less oxidation going on. Hmm. So you can, and, and it's a little more compact and you can take it places that you can't take glass.
0: That's a good move to our next beer. Yeah. when you talk True. about light blighted.
1: Well, so <laughs> the Oud Brun from Petrus re-rated a three.
2: So even
1: as damaged
2: as it was, we still recognize that it was a pretty good beer.
1: Sure. Although, a very fresh version of this would be outstanding. Oh, a lot better. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah.
2: Freaking phenomenal.
1: Moving on, let's talk about the Guden Triple. Uh, top fermented blonde beer, re-fermented in the bottle, brewed with pure spring water, and carefully selected hops and malts. The ultimate proof of the master brewer's craftsmanship. 7.5% ABV. <laughs> it's malty.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought uh, part of it was I wrote down clean, um, good, not great. Um, it's just oxidized. It's just horrible. Um, you can tell, you know, that this this beer is
3: long gone. Yeah, I picked that up too. Um, it's it,
1: expired and it, gone. To see its makeup.
3: That's <laughs> a very good way of putting it. Yes, I, I'd also say that you know, it 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 hit all the right notes if you like a particular kind of triple but for me what distinguishes a triple from like a strong golden is that it's less sweet and so this one is leaning more toward sweet yeah more toward uh, super sweet yeah golden yeah and a golden that's been slightly oxidized so it's not my kind of triple it still i think obviously qualifies and it's not Bad, but it's just, to me, not great. And it's in an amber glass bottle.
2: So if it's oxidized, that means it's been sitting there for a while. Do you,
0: know? you think that if they used the English rendition of describing golden instead of Dutch, that it would have made a difference?
2: <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
0: Well, you mean to catch that earlier, the Dutch version is G-O-U-D-E-N yeah. instead of G-O-L-D-E-N. The Dutch, So, yes. <laughs> would, would it have made a big difference?
2: <laughs> Maybe, you know. that Put the L instead of the U. Yeah, you know, I think it
0: made good. a big difference. I think so. Kind of like can art.
1: <laughs> and also, um, Reverend Mark, isn't it true you're in a traditional triple? You should be getting a lot more aromatics, too.
3: I think so. I mean, totally. I like I like slightly dry and spicy. Yeah, and with some air. And you use aromatic malt in a triple, whereas you wouldn't so much in a golden. So I'm not getting aromatics there either. Yeah, it's like everything has fallen off. in your general direction. Your mother was a
1: hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. You said aromatics,
2: so that made me think of that.
0: well, one of the things I yeah. think it's interesting, I, I remember, you know, buying actually the the Petrus, you know, triple alongside um, Lee at the same time. And, um, you know, those are just a lot of reference standard, you know, uh, triple oils, that and Reverend Marks. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I really know. Uh, what this can be and what it tasted like and uh, probably if i went back through our back catalog we probably had this and you know we've rated it on the show previously and it again this is just one of these things it's like wow this sat you know in a in a warehouse you know for eight months and you know it got cooked at 120 degrees and yeah then it moved to being set you know and there this cannot be light blighted because actually this mixed six pack was actually in a cardboard sealed in a cardboard you know, on top and, of that and so. here's
2: the thing too mike is like it reminds me like when we did the saint bernardus yeah episode, there you go and and some of that beer had had sat in a store for months or years beyond when it when it should have and they just let it sit in like an unsuspecting numbskull like me Comes by and buys it just looking at the brand and not thinking about checking for dates, which you don't always see. And there was no date on this pack. You right. Know. So there's no way to know. But at the same, you know, but I think that's what's happening with Belgian beers in general is because people aren't buying them as much, you know, kind of to Juliana's earlier point. There weren't as many breweries before, but now there's a lot of American breweries that are brewing pretty good Belgian-style beers. Right. And people yep. don't care as much about, I want to buy an authentic Chimay or a St. Bernardus or whatever. I just want to buy this triple or, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, whatever I know is fresh.
3: Right. Yeah, and you think about it, I mean, aside from the the ingredients themselves, which you can all source now locally from Belgium and wherever else, Yeah, is, um, you know, the water. You know, uh, and that is... Where's the water sourced? Pierre Sellis, many years ago, you know, came from Belgium, established Cellis Brewery in Austin, Texas, and he said it was because the water was just like Brussels. And he said, so why not do it in Austin and distribute it close by than to Where bring the it in? Market, sure, is. exactly. Yeah, and so I think it's because you know there is more really, really good, authentically made Belgian beer. Just locally. domestically, yeah. you don't need to, which buy. is crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it's you know, yeah. crazy to say, <laughs> but it really, it really is true. Sure. Yeah, sure. And so it's nothing against Petrus as much as it just has to spend a lot of time getting to us, and it's not worth it when it gets here, where it would have been worth it had we been there.
0: Or I think that if they at least <laughs> where it <yeah>. came from.
2: <laughs>
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> or, you know, or the, the point is, is that if you took uh, the same measure and care, you know, with this perishable product, right, right. Um, to move it from point A to point B, even if you weren't moving it at temperature, even if you moved it quickly, yeah, you know, I think that you would uh, still be able to have shelf life that I think honored the quality of the beer as it left, you know, the brewery. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, sure.
1: Because yeah. I think… I mean, as a home brewer, I want to have reference standards. And Petrus, you know, is a reference standard in terms Mm -hmm. of like a traditional Belgian beer. I guess if there was a way where we didn't have so many that were on the shelves and that we knew that the turnover rate was, you know, better on it, as a home brewer, I would like to have this reference standard. So when I can compare it, you know, in terms of style guidelines, then... I have this to base, you know, what I'm going to do with my recipe. Yeah, and yeah it, is to tweak. Bench, it is a bitch. It is a bitch. You know, yeah. um, there's a fine line there.
2: Oh, or Mike's just going to have to take us all to Belgium.
1: <laughs> well, I'm all Man. right with that. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean just, that's just,
2: you know what? I think that'll just. Finish.
0: After we've insulted their beer Let's, on this episode, yeah. I'm sure they've just rolled out the red carpet. And <laughs> once again, <laughs> so.
1: they'll be waiting for us. Well, we will continue in just a brief minute. Welcome back, everyone. So, today's episode is really interesting. It's talking about Petrus beer from Belgium. And we grabbed a a six pack and we're now discussing those beers. So, it's not, it's kind of a brewery takeover, kind of. It's
2: a mixed six takeover.
1: Mixed six takeover. So, the last beer that we have been talking about is the Guden Triple. Triple, and we rated that one a three, just to make sure that we're catching up on that. <laughs> and now we're going to move to the double. Um, double the double. Yes, double brown ale, top fermented dark beer, brewed with pure spring water and carefully selected hops and malts. The dark beer with its subtle and slightly caramelized flavor is preferably served cold.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It is dark. It is dark. This one yeah. is okay to
2: me. It's It's got, it's, it's definitely,
3: I definitely get caramel. Yeah. Kind of a cola flavor. That's but that's what I dinged it on. I mean, for me, I don't like a caramelly aspect to a dubbel. I, I know, like you have Caramunic in there, maybe a little bit.
2: You want the the, the spicier parts yeah,
3: though. Yeah, yeah, it just it's just kind of it fell off. There was a little bit kind of, the, you know, uh, kind of on the you know kind of it made it just the sweetness made it just a little like a Pepsi.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I was going to say this That's is practically really just sugar water, yeah. you know, at this point. And, um, you know, it's basically a Tootsie Roll flavored sugar water. Um, yeah. It takes
2: all the things that make a great double or double or whatever and kind of pushes those to the side and just leaves you with the base.
0: Yeah. You know? And this uh, this is one of the, actually all these, you know, so far the the beers, they have really fallen off. Um, as they have sat here in the glass for, you know, probably 30 minutes. So, um, I'm really finding us being rather generous with our So, are we telling our people ratings.
2: to just not buy imported
0: beer? No. I don't think that's the storyline, you know, here. that thing is, no, is that no. I think you have to challenge and look at the retailer and the packaging to be able to give you an informed decision specifically about, yeah. you know, what you're doing. Are there beers that are imported that do have born on dates? Yes, there are. Um, Are there beers that have vintage declarations when you purchase them? Yes, there are. But when you're running into a product that you're not really quite sure, ask the retailer, you know?
2: Well, and if you buy something and it sucks, call them out on it too.
0: So that was kind of my question, Dave. You know, I mean, uh, would you have taken this back if we weren't talking about it on the show? to oh, the retailer
2: uh, yeah 100 yeah you know and and actually when we did the saint bernardus thing i i posted an instagram and called the retailer out on a really old four pack or whatever it was of one of their beers and went and they pulled the all the rest of it off the shelf you yeah. know so they do listen they do watch you know they're gonna they're gonna do what they're gonna do until somebody says, Hey.
3: Yeah, hey man. Yeah, you're, and you're, whose you're, responsibility is that? I mean, would distributors they stock the stores? Would they want to rotate stock? No, they yeah. don't stock
0: well, so in this particular case, it's a package store. So they do not merchandise usually in package stores. They just mm-hmm.
2: drop it and go.
0: They they walk in with a hand truck and they drop it off, and the retailer is the one that, you know, basically merchandises you know from that point but the retailer
2: needs to be the ones who either do what they have to do to get it off the shelf in a timely fashion or go back to their distributor and say no you need to come get this or we got to figure something out
0: yeah so i think Hmm. part of it comes down to an experiential you know element of you know with that retailer are they used to managing and merchandising products that are perishable um, and with, you know, other products like spirits and whiskeys and vodka and gin, you know, right alongside this, let's the stuff sit on the shelf for, you know, a thousand years and it's going to be the same, you know, this, this, you know, beer has definitely a lot life, different, you know, sure. yeah. Yeah. So sure. to treat every bottle the same in your store is, you know, just a revenue stream and say, I don't have any merchandising, you know, approach, you know, to some of those things any different.
2: Well, I think with a lot of beer too, especially like macro beers, when they drop it off in the retailer, they stick it back in the cooler and everything stays cold for a long, long time. So
1: they feel like that's gonna be better.
2: But when you have like craft beer stores and stuff, a lot of things are out where it's at room temperature and it's sitting under the lights. Like I've gone into into beer stores and you see like things in green bottles, which if you don't know green bottles
0: um, it's skunk beer,
2: yeah. Skunk. Yeah, it doesn't, really fast. doesn't filter out the, it's the, the UV. The, it's yeah. basically the same as clear bottles, but they'll be sitting out on shelves, like right by the window, yep, and stuff. And it's like, dude, you're you're killing All this right. beer.
1: And one more quick thing to note is if you're going to a a package store and you see that they have like a sales section, I'm going to take more credence in a package store that does that because they realize that there are expiration dates on beers. Let's
2: get this out of here.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: And I'd say also just think about yourself in relation to your favorite package store or stores after the holidays, let's say two and three and four months after the holidays. And There's still certain kinds of seasonal beer that's left. Yeah. You don't buy it typically. No, Why? You because don't. it's April. If you see
2: right. an Oktoberfest <laughs> beer on the shelf in March,
3: you know, just pass let's, it let's on. Just think about yeah, that. Just, just but you, know. you can't know it. that about these products as right. easily. This that, is that's a little the point. tougher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: this is a little tougher. Well, the Duble we rated a three. <laughs>
2: So imagine how good these beers would be if they were. I know fresh. if
1: they were. Okay, so let's move on to the Petrus Special. It's an amber. Specia. It's a. Don't go Mexican on me there. It's an amber-colored oh, top fermented beer. That was rude. Brewed according to an old traditional <laughs> recipe. It's tasty. It's under- mellow, under- and it can that you can carry on drinking. That's good vernacular yep.
3: there. Well, when you when you drink, you start to carry on.
1: Oh, right. carry sure. on. <laughs> so uh,
0: <laughs> burnt caramel. Um, you know, that's all I got really
2: out of this. This is one of the ones where I really noticed the poo. Ooh, poo! So you gave me a clean one, yeah. so I, did,
0: I didn't. So we haven't talked about all the uh, floaties that's in this as well. I made it an effort to chunky. Give, yeah.
2: I made an effort to give Mike and Mark. The least poo. <laughs> so. so,
0: if you don't know, uh, as beer uh, is bottle condition, yeast can clump together and basically settle, you know, in the bottom, same way that happens in a fermentation tank. Yep. Um, and you, you're pulling that off usually or filtering it out is more the case, usually as it's being bottled. But, you know, something sits there for long enough, it's going to clump up and settle once again. Well, so,
2: yeah. It, and even, even, when beer is bottle conditioned, it doesn't always leave a one-inch layer of poop in the bottom yeah. of the bottle.
3: That's so. that's true, and I think it it has to to do with how much secondary fermentation went on. Yeah, it also is like beers are not always uh, very well. I mean, they're not filtered, and so there there could be trube in there too. You know, proteins. Yeah. So there's it's, it's a number of things and. And that's the risk you take with bottle conditioned beers and which yeah. not which usually is not a it's it's a good thing, but you decant off you yeah. know like
2: eighty percent of the bottle and it's pretty clear you leave that last little bit and potentially if you're a homebrewer or something, you take what's in the bottom, you propagate it up and you Brew a clone.
0: I don't think there'd be any. No,
2: there's, live no, there's, yeah. no. there's no There's nothing. These are, these in are
1: this. all dead. This yeah. is just duty. Yeah, I don't think there's anything viable in here. So, the Petra Special, we rated a three, though mine was like four fingers full of poo. <laughs> um,
3: you won the prize. See, I mine, did. mine was I really clean. I think I might have gotten the first pour. So, so it's
1: very yeah.
2: sweet. It's a very Mm. sweet beer. Mm. Yeah. The Blonde.
1: Okay, let's go to the Blonde. This is the
2: darkest blonde beer I've ever seen in my life. Mm. It's
1: a refreshing blonde beer that leaves your taste buds craving for more. It is brewed from the finest aromatic hops, which gives it a refreshing and enjoyable taste. I've
2: got like half of those hops in my glass. I can smell something, but you don't want to know what it is. (laughs) So,
1: Yeah, this one has a decent amount of poo in it as well. I'm chewing it.
0: I, th- yeah, this was just uh, horrible. Yeah. Um. You know, if there is such a thing as an age blonde, then this was coming close to it.
2: The one redeeming quality of clear bottles is like, if this bottle was clear, we would have been able to see like t- a good solid, probably two inches of uh, doo-doo. Whew.
0: The of it. it 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 was just not even remotely close to you know uh, being it was just sweet on the nose with a sweet finish and uh, just another rendition of this is a half step above you know like cola water.
2: Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.
3: <laughs> and this was high on the oxidation scale for me too.
2: I didn't even get that far. Dude, I mean, honestly, between the chewiness and uh, you know, sucking the crap out between my teeth that came from the bottom of the glass, I don't know. So
1: Mm. okay, so it's safe to say that this one wasn't perfect. But in a perfect world, a Belgian blonde is a really good beer.
3: It
0: is. Oh yeah, this is. uh, We've had the Petrus Blonde uh, several times over this. This is a great beer. So when I know, sip just this, not just, in this six pack. just
2: barely tip the glass and just get liquid in, it's still pretty tasty. Yeah. It's like sweet cereal malt. Um, it's got a nice body to it. The um, There's a little bit of sugary sweetness to it, of course. It's it's definitely got some good characteristics. Well, and to I,
3: I took my notes when it was first cracked and it was still cool, yeah. fairly cold. And I thought, hmm kind of almost a quaffing beer but I wouldn't quaff ah. this stuff as it as it has aged or yeah. as it as it has warmed up yeah it's um uh, it's it's way too sweet and it's not just the malt all right I'm going to do it
2: whoa. Oh. whoa okay that was gross <laughs> oh <laughs> I drank it with all the You're poo. You're gonna and feel that later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> glad this is not a video show. That's all i Okay.
3: You can go throw up on your garden and be good fertilizer. Okay.
1: Thank you. That was Reverend a That decisions. was awesome. <laughs> okay. That was a questionable decision. So the Petrus <laughs> blonde. We rated a two.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, that's still being very a generous. number
1: two. Yeah. All right, so I have a
0: question to throw out to <laughs> you guys: Have you ever sent a beer back, either at a restaurant or a bar setting, or have you oh, ever yeah. taken one back to a retailer? And, yes. And what was a?
2: Do you remember what was wrong with it and why? I well, Other I've, than I've it, had a few. Like in well, not a few, but I've actually gotten the wrong beer. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah. you know like you tell the server hey i want the- this hazy ipa and right. they bring
0: you this super clear thing and it tastes just like bud light yeah you go,
2: yeah no mm, this looks like a stout i'm pretty sure it's not <laughs> a hazy ipa yeah, yeah. or um or you can tell the beer lines were dirty
0: you know the- that's probably yeah. the one thing i've done quite a bit is i can tell that they haven't cleaned the beer lines out in forever and they've run stouts and sour beers and you know all kinds of IPA through there, and it tastes like a muddled mess. And
2: yeah, I've even had where you know you can tell the end of the keg blew, and there's stuff in there. Yeah, and you're like, dude, did you not see <laughs> this on the way? You know, you, you were who-
1: pouring it, yeah, right,
2: or whoever yeah. was pouring it, and then you brought it out here, and you think, I'm not going to call you on the half inch of stuff floating mm. around here.
0: So you're saying
2: it's okay
0: to send something back if something is wrong.
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. And it should be. And, and right? you should be able to take it back to the beer store. Or something I mean, wrong. there are a lot of people that I, you
0: know, that I eat with, and they're like, oh, you only do that if it's wine and if it's spent. And I go, well, no. No. <laughs> no. No.
1: no. Well, I and, mean, yeah. I've had two instances. One where a bottle was brought to me. Right, and they cracked it open, and there was no effervescence. I'm like, "Mm, no, back. This
0: beer's not supposed to be still.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, Er,
0: no CO2. I'm done.
1: No, and it turns out that it was skunked because the person said to me, "Well, you sure you want to? You know, I'm sure it's great." I'm like, no, let me smell it, and it smelled like skunk. I'm like, no, thank you. Mm. Then I had another where the bottle was brought to me, and it had. Dust on it, yeah. Mm. They didn't even wipe off the dust, and it wasn't a
2: cellar beer.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't a cellar beer. <laughs> Not good.
1: No, as a matter of fact, it was. It was a stout, but it was supposed to be like a nitrous stout. Yeah, I, and I said no, and you know they looked at me like I had three heads, but I'm like no. Well,
2: and a lot of people are, you know, people don't want to be confrontational, you know. But the thing is, if you're going to be paying for something, and usually paying quite a bit, it better be yeah. what you expect it to be. Yeah,
3: and it, and it's not un- unusual in these days to ask for sample pours if it's in a tap tap situation. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, let's move on to the last one here, Quickly. which is the aged red. So, it's a perfect balance between sweet and sour. It is a 15, 15% age pale with an 85% double infused with natural cherries.
2: I love this
0: beard. As opposed
1: to unnatural cherries. you I liked, liked it because it
0: had cherries in it. That's why. I, liked
1: I, liked it. It. I like cherries, baby.
0: Other than that, it was a crappy beer.
1: Cough syrup? Anyone?
2: no, no. Well, what did we rate this Beer that I love so much.
1: We rated this a three, though, in a perfect universe, this beer, I mean, oh, it is a five. really good beer. Yeah, oh, yeah. It can be a five. Yeah. So, the moral of the story for today is
2: check your dates.
1: Check your dates. Check for dust. Don't be afraid to take it back. If and it don't sucks. be afraid to take it back.
2: Kick somebody right in the.
1: Exactly. You know, if you're going to a place that is a reputable beer package store or beer-based restaurant, they should know better. Mm, There you go. That's the moral of the story. Well, that's going to end it for today. Thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with us. You can always find us where you found this episode, as well as radio, satellite online at Apple Podcast. Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, BeanPod.
0: <laughs> Podbean.
1: Podbean. And <Bean. laughs> nearly any place you listen to a Bean podcast. Pod. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa, Siri, or Google, either in female or male versus Play Podcast Sips, and Smokes.
2: We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com.
0: Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram every day. Our handle is at Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots
3: of news. And please take the time to rate this episode if you're listening online. Five star.
1: Good old boy, Dave. You know what time it is. Time to get ill, son. Okay. Is that your way of saying goodbye?
2: Oh, uh, goodbye.
1: Reverend Mark, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Good old boy, Mike.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on Sip Sets of Smokes. Come back, join us for another exciting episode. I will ask you to keep on sipping. Don't do it.
1: This is good old girl, Juliana. Thank you so much for listening to us. And we love you and appreciate you. And keep on juggling. Catch you next time.
2: Stay safe.